All right, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors from all around the planet Earth who are uh, even remotely into cars, you've decided to push that play button once again on yet another... Another REIT episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. REIT! REIT! REIT on, man. Yeah, man. Uh, that's a great word, and, and we'll get into that in a sec. We have... Uh, Another uh, uh, very special episode because we've got a guest again, Mike. You believe How that? about that? Our guest today is our good friend, Mr. Clarence Barnes, who is joining us from his uh, uh, penthouse uh, high-rise <laughs> suite in, in Boston. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Boston. I'm sheltering in place in Boston right now. I go back and forth from L.A. to Boston. And all my friends in L.A., they're like, it's 80 out here. It's amazing. And I'm sitting there in the rain and the cool and... There's no yep. even, not even a drive highway if I could drive, you know? Well, it's worse for us because we're both in the Midwest, so, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're going to learn all about Clarence in a minute, and uh, we welcome everybody to this great episode because if you are familiar with our show, uh, we tend to start every one of these episodes with an automotive trivia question. And I think, Mike, I figured it out. That's how we get away with saying that this is an automotive podcast. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's the only automotive thing we talk about. <laughs> well, we, we can veer a little bit. Right. Uh, and uh, even our esteemed guest is not uh, uh, immune to this. So, uh, Oh, man. Yes. I am so, so, I am so nervous. Well, don't I, be I'm nervous. actually, no, it's, well, here's the deal. You put, the, you put this on me. I have to answer because I know Trevor's out there. He definitely knows it just by <laughs> by DNA. Yardley's going to Yardley is going to he's going to he's going to say, "Okay, on this date, Clarence choked big time." Right? He'll, he'll memorialize it. And then Kelly, next time I see Kelly over the shop, she'll be like, "Wow, good job." <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, no pressure, but uh, all right, well, I'm, all right. I'm stocked. Well, maybe this will help. We'll do a we'll do a nice clean slate here. You know, kind of start from the top. Hi, I'm Kevin Osti. Welcome to VA Radio with uh, my esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cubal Clark, and our guest, Clarence Barnes. And uh, automotive trivia. Did that help you relax a little bit? <sighs> okay, I'm ready. All right, here we go. And Clarence, because you're the guest, you get to go right. first with your trivia question. Well, you know, I have a I I had like three, and one was a a, a paint code, but I know Mike is going to know it because he's a GTO guy. That's not going to work, right? So then I thought because <laughs> you guys do a you'd lot. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I said, you know what? I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to dig deep. There's two that really came to the top, and I'm going to pick the Chevy one. All right? So in 1994. Yeah, 19. Well, you, this is why I brought it on, because you guys build these really insane, you know, Camaros and in Saudi Arabia, the one you had out there was amazing. So mm. check this out. In 1994, all right, Gen 2 Chevy small blocks. There were two, all right? Two. Mm -hmm. Okay, we think of the Camaros, the Impalas, but there were two sizes. What was the? What were the two sizes? Who is get, Who gets this question oh, first, man. by the way? I think Mike does because he's yeah, a Pontiac guy. Thanks, <laughs> you just you so threw Mike under the bus. You yeah. so well, threw. I'll, under I'll the bus. take it. I'll take it. I will. I'm going to extract Mike from the bus. Okay. And, and I'll take it. So the question is: of the two available cubic inch displacements of Gen Two small blocks available in '94, what were they? You know the way you said that. I really think you know it. The bluff is strong. The bluff is strong oh, here. It's, with, it's ridiculous uh, with this yeah, one. Yeah, Kev, Kevin's playing like he knows. And it I is a strong no bluff. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Well, there one. might be a little there might be a little trickery in this, but did I it do is. I understand the question? Yes, you do. 
You do. It's just a. I. I actually. I have to admit, because I've got two questions, and and my questions were were lame, and I knew I'd get. I just get my head lopped off. So I went to a higher power, mm. and I went to uh, Mr. Chevy, Mike Copeland, down at uh, Diversified oh, Creations. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> See, nice. I pulled it. I. I had to. I had to. So I pulled it out. I'm talking to Mike, and uh, so this comes from the OEM. And there were two sizes, one everybody knows about, another one was for another vehicle. I'll give you a hint. Want another yeah. hint? No, so I, I know yes. where, I think I know where this is going. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Q-Ball, Mike Copeland used to like run the Chevrolet Performance Division. Uh-huh. So, you, so you know, he would know. He knows a little bit about this stuff. Yeah. So. Well played, Mr. Clarence. Um, <laughs> it right, was so not I, fair. It was not fair, actually. But I just thought it was. We were talking about this one day, and and I called him just to make sure I had it right. And uh, yeah, there were two versions. All right, so I'm going to guess mm-hmm. that the obvious one is the 5.7 liter, and the Gen 2 small block, of course, had the one piece rear main seal. It had the center bolt valve covers. Uh, and in fact, the LT cars, like the LT1 motors, have the reverse flow cooling and all that stuff. I think the sleeper size is smaller, and I think it's a 260 cubic inch V8. And I'm going to guess that uh, it is primarily designed for fleet use, like police cars, taxis, and that kind of thing. Okay, so what you're looking for, the correct answer there, oh, the oh. oddball... Oh, Hang sorry. On. Yeah, no answers yet. No we, answers we, yet. We, we reveal the answers okay. at the end of the show. So you, you oh, just, yeah. Ooh, I was going to have to come up with another question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> here we go. Kind of, All right. you know, Mike, are you noting my answer there? I have noted your answer. The 5.7 as well as the 260. Yeah, which was like uh, mm. uh, 4. 4. 4. 4. 6 4.3 maybe? No, the 4.3 was a uh, V6. Right. Uh, so hmm. that that's my guess, and I'll, I'll toss this over to my uh, esteemed co-host for your shot. I hear click, click, yeah, click right. going on the computer right now. No, 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 <laughs> He's no. He's like, no, "What no. did Clarence bring here? What is this?" <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, of course, I, I agree with Kevin with a five point seven liter, um, uh, Gen two small block, and the other one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite end of the spectrum, and I'm gonna say it was a, a 400 cubic inch uh, small oh, block. Right. Hmm. Up from the 350. Correct. Up from the 350. Right on. You should well, write that down. I should what? You write that down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and you did you allude to a, a a second half or a bonus on this one too or? Uh, Mr. Well, Clarence? no, I, I was just, I almost gave away the entire thing by accident. So. <laughs> it's all right. I wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah, I would have impaled myself with the Sharpie here. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, a, it's a special blend. It's a, it's a special package. Right. And that's that's the only hint I can give you. But uh, yeah, okay. so there you go. All right. Well, yep. see, what we do is we tease our listeners to, to make them sit through all this nonsense to get the answer to these riveting questions at the end of the show. So uh, that will be revealed. Uh, Mikey, do you have a, uh, a question? I do have a question. And this is actually going to be right up Clarence's uh, alley here because um, mm-hmm. he is a, uh, a, a, a former GTO guy. Um, a former? You can, you can, you can shed that? Oof. Yeah, because that's what's you, you, that's going to be part of the question. transition, if you will. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, the Pontiac Ram Air 4 V8 came in mm-hmm. how many displacements? 
I want to say the four came in. Uh, that sounds like a trick question. I'm thinking it came in. I know. Uh, I know for sure one. Right. OK, that's not right. Uh, two, the 400 and the 455. Oh, no. What year? That wouldn't matter. Any no, any that's Ram right, because it ran my four, right? Uh, no, that's mm. a four hundred. I think that one, one. Clarence, I, I'm guessing. I could be wrong. Gosh, is, is that your final answer, Mr. Barnes? <laughs> oh, Yardley, write this one down. He's like Clarence <laughs> choked on this day. He owned one of those cars too. Well, and Trevor's going to be just like. Whew. Speaking of Yardley, not only did I get the uh, overselling adjective from him, but I actually got this question from him as well. Oh, so I got Yardley doing my work for me. Right on. Well, Yardley is is one of our most uh, involved listeners on this show who uh, has been not only uh, uh, providing Mike with trivia questions and, and cheating words now, uh, <laughs> but also maintains a database spreadsheet of who wins and loses on the trivia questions. So that, that's oh, great gosh. kind of him. I think I know where I am right now. There's, <laughs> the, the key there is the four, because there were heads and... Hmm. Yardley's going to be very disappointed, by the way, when he gives you the answer to the trivia question and you also get it wrong. Gosh, but you're not answering your own this time, so that's good. That's right. no, I know. I, I think I choked. Yardley's laughing right now. I know I choked. <laughs> I know. So the, right. the, was that the final answer, Clarence? Yeah, I think so. I was just going to say yes, and I'll learn something at the end for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will echo Clarence's uh, guess and say that there was only one displacement of Ram Air 4 from the factory. Okay. And it was the 400. The 400. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Duly noted, gentlemen. Now, there are trivia, you know, there are trivial differences in, in Pontiac's, you know, between the Ram Air 2 and the 3 and the 4 and the 5. And Correct. The, the block that is similar. The you know, three, that's five, the, six, that's the key. 350, yeah. yeah. 428, 455, mm -hmm. 421. So you, you got to be on the game. But uh, today, I, I don't know how much of the game I'm on. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I also prepared a quick question. Yeah. And this one, once again, is uh, tailored a little bit towards our guest because uh, Clarence is a radio guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, well, let's see. It's a two-parter or actually one and a bonus. So the first question is, when was the first automotive FM radio released? Wow. Oh, my gosh. I've got, oh, boy. Mm -hmm. That, mm -hmm. it, mm. <laughs> well, mm. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm trying to think of all the cars that I've sat in. And I'm going back and farther back and farther back. Push buttons. Uh, it had to be. It. I want to say, randomly, I, I'm. See, I've sat in Project X and some of these cars and things, oh, yeah, and nothing yeah. is really stock. Right. I want to say, uh, 1960. No, it's got to be. I'm gonna. Say, I, I know that's not the year, but I'm thinking. I can't remember mm -hmm. if, if make, there make was. It, a, Make it feel right. Make it feel good. What, what feels good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's, uh, you know what? Uh, let's say 1960. 1960. I think that was a big loss. No, it, it would have had to be in 50, uh, 50, 50, no, 50, 54. 54. 
50 no let me go 55 i'm gonna split the difference i'll go 55 yeah, see that feels better doesn't it yeah no it feels yeah. Boy, it feels, feels like I can hear somebody laughing in the background. <laughs> Scrib, scribbling down. See, you guys can see each other, you know, and, and I'm just out here in the in the burbs, and, and you guys are going, this guy, this guy. I, you know, I should have, I told you about this guy, right? Yeah, that's me. I tried to All tell right. Mike as little as possible. So, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike's just shaking his head going, wow, okay. We like that spontaneous reaction to these situations. Right, right, right. All right, 1955, yeah. very good year. So. So um, I think I'll I'll throw the bonus out there too, uh, and the mm-hmm. bonus is when and where. It's kind of a two part bonus. Uh, oh, was the when and where was the first commercial FM radio station? Oh wow! Uh, ninety one. Uh, oh, um, uh, I want to say ninety one X down in in uh, Southern California, but could it have been uh, W? LS in Chicago? Was that it? It's possible. I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know why, I think it was WLS in Chicago, which you know is a the, pretty fam- famous you know radio the, station. The WLS call letters stand for? What? What is it? WLS we? was actually, it was owned at one point by the Sears Roebuck Corporation, and it stood for the world's largest store. Oh, wow. Really? How about that? Holy man! I just created a bonus for myself out of thin air. You so did, if I get man. if I get either and, one of yours wrong, I can use that. You can just fall back and, and on I'm, that exactly. You can't lose. And I'm today. a radio guy, and I know nothing. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh gosh. Okay. All right. So we got 1955 and 91X. Uh, Mike, do you know when was the first not, automotive radio release? Unless Mike, uh, Clarence, are you changing your answer? Or was that not well, fine? WLS? I'm going to go with WLS. I was going to say 91X. Not 91X. I got you. But it, no, okay. no, right. it's it's definitely WLS or yeah or RKO. But I think it's WLS. Okay. So, like Clarence, I'm going to stick in the 50s on this for the first uh, automotive FM radio release, but I'm going to say 1957. 57. The year of Sputnik. Yes, sir. And as far as the first commercial FM radio station, uh, what the call letters were and or where and when where and when if you don't you don't necessarily know need to know right. the call letters that'd be the, right. the bonus bonus oh that'd be ridiculous um <laughs> we just have to <laughs> sign off head explode yeah really <laughs> yeah i'll i'll say southern california uh, or la in um 19 um 1961 61 you know actually uh that's duly noted. But, uh, Clarence, you. we didn't get a year out of you. We got the city and the, the call letters. Boy, I was WLS. trying to hide from that one. Yeah. yeah. Huh? yeah. Uh, I, I would say uh, WLS could have – commercial is the key there. So uh, because it kind of went from military into commercial as we know it today. And I would have to say – yeah, I, we'd have to go back to the 50s because – I guess that a radio was in a car in 1955. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'll tell you, the logic on this is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> Yardley's just shaking his head going, boy, you know, these kids really need to stay in school. You know, this is what happens. You don't stay in school. Sure. Uh, Bad things happen. I'm going to say, you know, just a long shot, 1955. Okay, there you go. I, if I'm going to go down, I might as well go down twice, and I'm pretty sure... I'm not correct on that, but anyhow, I've got to stick with it. 
All right. Well, <clears throat> glad that's over with. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now, kids, on with the show. <laughs> so, uh, as you've gathered by the trivia uh, experience, Clarence is a, is a car guy, also a radio guy. Clarence, you, you, you've got one of these careers that you do a little bit of just about everything. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm a radio host, uh, kind of going back and forth from New York to Boston to L.A. I work in the iHeart 80s channel. So uh, if you listen Monday through Friday at night, you'll hear me on the on the West Coast from eight to uh, midnight playing 80s music, stuff like that. And then uh, I uh, run around doing precision driving for different clients from like John Deere to uh, BMW to Mercedes to different clients like that. None of the real cool stuff like Tanner Faust or <laughs> Ryan Eversley or anything like that. I'm the guy who drives it in to a garage or, you know, pu- pulling a car into a parking lot or something like that. Well, not, but, not uh, into a garage, but no, yeah, no, but yeah. driving in where it says, you know, close, you know, don't yeah. try this at home kind of stuff, but, uh, not very but sexy, but for but like, fun. uh, TV and film stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I host the hot rod power tour, Carcraft summer nationals, Raven TV, uh, great race, uh, a lot of the live event things. Uh, we did roadkill drags a few times. Mm-hmm. Ironically, of all the things, you know, I was on the radio in, in Los Angeles and New York City, and I've done, like, uh, TV shows. I was a news anchor for three years. And uh, the one thing I get noticed for out of everything is being on uh, roadkill, doing the Lincoln Tech Tips. I will be in the most random place, and I'll hear something. somebody go, Lincoln Tech Guy! <laughs> I swear. <laughs> There you go. I swear. No, it's awesome. But uh, I, I've been blessed. I get to do stuff, you know, uh, working with Hot Rod and, and Motor Trend and, and that group of, of magazines and, and TV shows and things like that. When I first started was a long time ago, and, and um, I had done a reality show called Forza Motorsport Showdown. I raced five people for hundred grand. I came in second at Road Atlanta. And the thing played over and over again on, on Speed TV. And the folks from Hot Rod called me because I was basically a wise guy on the show. Um, nah. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, I was torturing Lou Gelati and a few other people. And uh, <laughs> Lou yeah, it was a lot of fun. Exactly. And I was just harassing those guys. Lou, and, Lou doesn't uh, mess around, by the way. You lived through that? He cheats. I mean, uh, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to, no. not necessarily on the track, but Lou really doesn't take a lot of stuff from people in reality. No, Lou, Lou's a very good driver. I wouldn't want him behind me. He's impatient. And, yes. But I will say, you know, when I came in second, he came up to me, and it was a real dramatic finish. And and uh, and I thought he was going to, uh, I thought he was going to congratulate me. And he said, "Never stop till the end. You just cost me a hundred grand." I was mm. like, "Oh, okay, ah. thanks, Lou. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> love you." Uh, I don't know. You know, it's he's a great, he's a cool guy. He, he, to know Lou is to love him. He's a tough guy, a very good driver. Um, he the, plays the to experience. Win, you know. Yeah, the experience was amazing. I got to gr- drive some really cool stuff. Ken Gushi, the drifter, he was one of the guys. Angela Cope was in, in the race. Uh, cool. and, uh, Angela Cope for uh, for year one. It Actually, it was uh, it was year one and Air Ride, or Ride Tech now, Ride Tech, uh, yeah, Brett's yeah, yeah. car. Yeah, so uh, she was a phenomenal driver. I'm, I'm okay. Um, she drove a really good race, and I got a lot, a lot of lucky breaks, but... Uh, after that show, I got called by Hot Rod, and, and it came down to the fact that the lady said, you know, I got, got a call that you might like to do this. I said, yeah, let, let me put it to you this way. When I was a kid living in Quincy, Massachusetts, my mom would get up at the crack of dawn and drive me around. I'd do my paper route. She'd follow me, and I'd take that money, and I remember I had to walk all the way across town as a little kid 
and I'd use my paper route money to buy hot rod and car craft. I told the nice. lady, I said, this isn't just something I want to do because I have nothing else to do. This is what I live for. And uh, growing up, before I ever did radio or anything like that, I was uh, I was a mechanic. I worked for a Western Auto doing brakes and taking everything apart with a settling torch because I live on the Cape, you know? <laughs> right. and, uh, it's, just, it's all rusted no, I mean, together. Yeah, it's just rusted. So I had, uh, in, in high school, I would get cars and kind of rebuild them and trade up, trade up, trade up. I had a 1970 GTO Judge, 69 Chevelle, 70 uh, Camaro SS. And my first car was a real roach. It was a really beat up 69 Mustang Fastback. And uh, my, my, my cars got better as I went along. And then I went to school and, uh, you know, so now it's, uh, I'm looking for that GTO from when I was a kid, trying to find the go. guy who owns it. Yeah. But uh, so here I am. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, point on this hot rod power tour, which just got rescheduled. Now, for you, I, you guys have been out in the power tour. Uh, for Kevin, you know, you've had cars out there. You've been in the, the hot as well as the cool and all over America with the power tour. Mm-hmm. Um, this is basically like 100,000 people over the course of a week, 6,000 cars a day going through small towns. This year we start out, it's a change. It goes from August 23rd through the 29th. It was going to be in June like it normally is. And then, of course, with the COVID, it's moved. And I'll tell you, it was amazing because it took hours and hours and hours of work to get this done. But now it goes August 23rd and ends up at Juliet on August 29th at Chicagoland Speedway. So some new places that we've never been before, a lot of room for cars, which is important. And uh, it's just amazing because it seems like people are so addicted to this. You know, I was talking to uh, uh, Mike Copeland from Arrington's going to go out with uh, QA1, Redline Oil, E3, Classic Instruments, Pilot, all those guys. And they're going to bring out all their race cars. The Dodge Rampage from SEMA, the mid-engine 650 horsepower is going to drive that around. Joe Park's new secret squirrel truck. Uh, Boris from Street Machinery. He's going to bring something. He's, it's, a, it's a turbo with 1,000 horsepower, and he's going to drive it. Now, most of his stuff is patinaed and dropped. So, I mean, just the, from everyday people to real pro builders uh, to people who just love cars of all types, you can see everything on the Power Tour. So we're pretty excited about that. Oh you know? yeah, so so we just covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna breathe right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. let's bring out those trivia question answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike, Mike's like Clarence, stand back, put down the coffee. Nobody yeah. gets hurt. That was two and a half shows worth of content in uh, yeah, 16 I'm minutes. Right there. So it's fantastic. No, 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 it's good. So what I'm gonna do is kind of back the truck up a little bit and uh, sure. hit on a couple of things that uh, I find interesting. Um, not to go all the way back, but that, that Forza Motorsport Challenge deal, you mentioned a little bit about the cars. What uh, what, what were you guys driving car-wise? Well, the Forza was about Forza, the video game. And right. before they realized that we could have really gotten killed, most, most uh, <laughs> reality shows, you know, there's kind of like a little, you got a little safety zone. We really could have gotten killed. There was nothing... I've done since a few pilots and things like that. You get to know, you know, the producers lead people into a certain way. Bud Bretzman from BCII, who does mm. all the big shows like Overhaul and stuff like that, he just set us out there and he said, okay, we're going to run. And uh, so we all, we all get cars, like, quote, stock cars. So I had a 70 Challenger 440 uh, with a, you know, Quadrajet, pretty much stock with headers. Okay, and cool. uh, a 727 automatic transmission, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Angel Cope had a dropped, uh, gosh, it was beautiful Mustang. 
really, really nice. That thing was supercharged and really kind of warmed up real nice with air ride. And then was you it had black? no white, white. Oh, they okay. sold it at uh, it went for a lot of money on auction uh, after she won. Then you had uh, Lou Gelati's car, and it was funny because all these cars pretty much had to be stock. And I remember one of the things that started the show was me harassing Lou because when you look closely at this, you know, it's a C6, right? Just normal. Corvette. But as you look closer, there was all types. I said, wow, man, I didn't know they came with those huge brake ducts. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and look at that huge sway bar. Man, I'll give you 50 grand for this, right? Now. Like, I was just on him. And uh, Well, he's I got really... a race shop. I mean, they build race cars there. No, he built a real serious car for it. So he had that out there. And then, uh, let's see. You and you're in a, you're in a another... 70 Challenger against yeah. a <laughs> yeah. C6 so, Corvette. Yeah. Yeah, Lord. So, and you well, beat him. Not just, the, not, just, <laughs> not just the C6. Well, the wild thing was it came down to a little bit of strategy. Strategy because we had to do, we did road racing, we did drag racing. Uh, you know, we had a couple of days of drag racing. We did circle track. So there are different tracks. I mean, I didn't even have an emergency brake in my, you know, not a pole brake. Oh. So I had to drift a car. Now, mind you, on my Facebook, on my Instagram, you'll see a picture because halfway through the show. And this is a little inside thing, but halfway through the show, I'm at Road Atlanta coming down to the main straight right before you get to the front end. And uh, I had problems with the automatic not shifting right. And I'm on the radio. I'm saying, OK, I think I think we're good. I can get this on the straights and just throw it through the throw it through the turns. Right. So we're going through just as I hit them on the radio. The transmission came through the floor with the drive shaft. Boom. Boom. It sounded like a shotgun. And Ooh. you can see on, on my Instagram, I have a picture. Looks like you put a basketball through the floor. And on camera, I couldn't say anything about this. And all my friends were like, man, I can't believe it. You, you didn't even flinch when that came through. You were so cool. I said, no, that's TV. We recorded <laughs> all those things that you couldn't play on TV that I said while that drive shaft was <laughs> flying around inside, you know, the, the rig. I thought I was going to lose my leg. Oh, and, I bet. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's nothing to mess around with. Yeah, so when we put a new transmission in, the next uh, converter was a high-stall converter. So drifting was you either were going or you were not. And then autocross is a little tough with it, too. But uh, I made up for it on Road Atlanta because I've, I've been on that track a bunch of times, and I knew how to sort of short chain, you know, shortcut mm -hmm. some stuff and throw the car around enough. But uh, it was wild. It was a great opportunity, and I got a lot of lucky breaks on the drags, too. Uh, it was, I think, 11-1 on street oh, tires, drag radials. Wow. Yeah. So we got that going. Mm -hmm. and Again, uh, yeah. Not a stock 70 Challenger, by the way. <laughs> well, it turned it, it basically, yeah. So, well, it was definitely, uh, yeah, we, we worked on it a little bit. But uh, the, the wild thing about the show was there were no, there were no safeties, and we really could have gotten hurt. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. think, I think Microsoft didn't do a, a, a second Forza because they realized that we could have gotten hurt. There was some crazy stuff in the footage, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, we really got, you know, we, we got like 14 days of, of racing and driving. And, you know, with big trailers, like you become a pro driver in two seconds. That sounds and, awesome. And uh, Ryan Eversley was my coach on that show, too. And he's, uh, you know, he's a factory driver for Acura now. And mm -hmm. drives for Continental and drives everything. And he's on the Power Tour tour, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Right on. Well, that's cool. Thank you for uh, clearing that up for me because uh, yeah, I, I've heard you talk about that before. I've not seen the the, the episodes, but I, I got to check it out. You know, I'll I'll send it to you. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a good yeah. show. It was fun. Now we'll uh, we'll shift gears and and ooze into uh, Power Tour. And Mike and I were just talking about that because uh, you've Mike, you've done 
a couple legs of a couple of them, right? Correct. Yeah, maybe two. Uh, I've done been on two power tours, a couple legs on each. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, um, along with myself and uh, our good friend Paul, all find ourselves with cars that are not ready to be on power tour right now. Because <laughs> well, Mike's you have got life. A, life gets in the way all the time. You know, well, it's like you have work and life and stuff like that. It's just part of the deal, and it's it's for me. It's fun because it's kind of come full circle. Um, my entry into this industry professionally was because of power tour. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you ever heard that no. story, Clarence, but. Uh, so this goes way back to uh, 1996 on, on essentially Power Tour number two, mm-hmm. and it was uh, New Year's Eve on, in 1995. And my friend Paul and I, that I just mentioned, we're uh, we're out celebrating New Year's Eve, you know, and we've got a few adult beverages in us, and we got some crazy ideas. And and he said, "Hey, what should we do in 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 1996? You know, it's a new year. We need to set some resolutions here." And either one of us landed on committing to do the power tour in 96. Well, I was recently out of college and uh, not doing a whole lot with my life. And he was still in engineering school at U of I. And uh, neither one of us had a car that was worthy of, you know, being finished or taking on the power tour. So I honestly kind of forgot about this whole thing until like the day before uh, or two days before the tour was supposed to kick off. And that year it started off in the parking garage at the peterson museum in la and it went all the way to norwalk ohio these are the days of the 500 mile drives and Mm. paul pulls up in front of my house in his daily driver which was a rusted out 88 chevy cavalier and he goes that's perfect he said get in the car and i said what do you mean you know i thought we're gonna get lunch we're gonna go super dog or something and he's like no we're going to california we're we're doing the power tour and i'm like (laughs) you're out of your mind and he goes, dude, you promised, you know? So of course I, uh, I had to commit. He, he had, I think he had 300 bucks on a credit card. I think between the two of us, we had about $60 in cash. I had a, a couple hundred bucks on a credit card. We had a tent in the car, you know, just like, let's just try this. So, uh, it was a, a mad dash to go West from Chicago to LA in a couple of days. And when we got out there, we realized that we really didn't belong, you know, because this was long before, you know, the only other cars on power tour were like Coddington and Baskerville and, right. and you know, Foose and all those guys mm-hmm. and some of the magazine writers. And there, I think there was only 60, 60 cars on the whole thing. I mean, this is, you know, year number two yeah. and then us and this pilot crap Cavaliers. So <laughs> we, we thought well, we got to do something, you know, to kind of make fun of this car. So we bought a box of Sharpies and, you know, we had everybody sign it and write stuff on it. And, and we named it the power turd, you know, and, oh my and God. put some shoe polish in the window. And we told uh, Drew Harden, who was the editor of Hot Rod at the time, and Jim Savis was publisher. And I told uh, uh, Drew, we're not here to crash the party. You know, we're going to stay out of the photographs. I know you guys want these beautiful pictures with, you know, Troy Trepanier in the front and then Brizio and all those guys. You don't want this pilot junk in the middle of this photograph. So we're going to stay out of the way and, and just kind of cruise along. And it's a whole long story of how it went. But, uh, I met Savis in, uh, Colorado and again, a couple of adult beverages and, you know, we're having a good time. (laughs) To this day, he claims that I tried to sell him on putting the Cavalier in the Peterson Museum. 
which I don't, I don't remember making that pitch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we had a great time on the tour. Drew Harden was really good to us. He, he actually made us join the long haulers and park with everybody because we were part of the trip and gave us a best beater award and, and uh, you know, had a great time. And Paul and I get back to reality and realize that, you know, that was a lot of fun. The next year, I couldn't do the whole thing because I had a job and and uh, it just wasn't going to happen. So for, for an unknown reason, I, I basically picked up the phone and called Jim Savis in California. And I don't know what I was even doing. I, I, you know, I was just reaching out to him. And to shorten a long story, uh, he ended up getting me a job interview to work for Hot Rod selling ads. And he said, you tried to sell me on that Cavalier. You can sell ads. <laughs> so <laughs> next thing you know, I'm in L.A. And he had no idea that I had a background in television and video production. Uh, he just said, here, here, here's our open seat, you know, jump in. And a year and a half into doing ad sales for those guys, um, the opportunity to work on Hot Rod TV came around and they're like, Oh, you can do this. So I, you know, morphed into the associate producer role of that show and ended up doing that. So power tour changed my life. You know, it, it, uh, it's a big deal. And a couple of years later, that's how I met Kelly was on the power tour. Uh, my car broke on the way I was shooting it for hot rod TV and I had a 62 Ford galaxy convertible. We still got it. And it broke just outside of St. Louis. And, uh, you know, we were using it as a camera car and that's where Kelly was from in this area. So that's how we met was because of that car failing on power tour. And, uh, you know, so it changed my life many, many times. So when you, you talk about people that get amped up about doing power tour, there's a reason for it. It's a, it's a magical thing. It re it really is because, uh, and, and it's something that, that I'm so excited to go back to every year because you make friends there who, you know, you never would have met otherwise, just regular people. I mean, yeah, like you say, there are the celebrities who are out there, the pro builders, the people everybody sees in the magazines and stuff. But then you see people, I've seen whole families grow up. I've seen, you know, there was this, uh, I mean, I've seen families literally with their kids who they come out with their kids and the kids grow up and then the kids are driving and then the kids come with their own car. Mm. It's just neat. And, and you just, and yeah, a lot of opportunities too, because, uh, you know, for people coming up in the business who want to get to know people, you could be sitting right across the table from someone who could change your life mm -hmm, uh, on mm -hmm. the power tour. Because everybody, either the people I say, like on the front of the check, you know, the, the people with names like Edelbrock, you know, Vic used to come out every year. <laughs> yep, and yep. It, it's Vic. There's Vic. You know, I was, you know, <laughs> I was so blown away when I first met Vic Edelbrock. And every year when I get to see Vic, it was it was always a treat because that was the first part I ever purchased for one of my cars and I saved yeah. and I saved and I got a Vic Jr. manifold and but that's it's literally like you know your car dreams coming true because you see everything from like the power turd to uh <laughs> to, to you know one, one year no I love that one year I got to drive Jay Leno brought a bunch of his cars out in the tour and he had a Pratt Miller black Corvette, one of those carbon ones that Ooh. like you, you buy a brand new Corvette and you give it to Pratt Miller, give him another hundred grand and it comes back insane. Well, we got to drive uh, like across Illinois in, in this car with one of the drivers. And I was like, this was amazing. Just a beautiful, unbelievably tuned car. I saw Jeff Schwartz when I first met him from Schwartz Performance whiz by me. I was like, and this car, and I'm trying to think what it was, but it looked like a prototype. A lot of people bring... Was it yellow? Yes. Yeah, it yes. was an Ultima GTR. 
twin turbo. I yeah. mean, just like fire breathing. I, I remember he downshifted and put like a gallon. Of, like it was like, whoosh, there's the flames coming out, and he yeah. gets out of it. Looks like he was doing a pit stop rather than you know getting a coffee. But it's cool because you see everything from real fire breathing stuff to everyday cars to uh, tribute cars, like the you know the vacation that station wagon you see in the movie in Vacation. Uh, you'll see people who who do Volkswagens and you know exotic cars as well as kid cars as well as you know brand new versions of a like 1970 gto judge which i saw when i was on stage a guy pulled in with a car that looked just like mine i was like ah, there it is <laughs> it, my heart hurt but oh, it's cool man you know and and resto mods and things like that which have taken that 1970 gto or the 69 camaro and made it into just a beast mm-hmm and then you get to see them go fast because a lot of people drive them on the dragways too at the dragway stops, which is fun, you know. And last time so. you went, Mike, you went with your buddy uh, Robert with his Galaxy, right? Correct. Yeah, my my buddy Robert's got a '66 Galaxy convertible, uh, 352 automatic car, and uh, yeah, we went on a few a uh, few tours, a few stops on the tour. Uh, his in-laws live in Davenport, and the tour mm-hmm. went right through Davenport uh, that year. So we just hung out, drove a little bit, you know had a great time you know i I see cars uh the few times i've been on the tour you know i've seen cars that i never knew existed uh on the tour like i found i came across this 49 oldsmobile with this see-through hood that would show off 49 overhead valve engine and it was amazing i'm like i never knew this existed and this guy talked to me for about an hour how he found the hood and it was in a dealership in in the back room just collecting dust and he was able to get it, and he and he put it on his car and restored it, and it was just just amazing vehicles that you see on this thing. And, and to see to sort of tag along with what you said about your wife meeting your wife on there, I've seen so many people, the camaraderie that comes together with people of all different ages and generations and and areas and places, and somebody breaks down on the side of the road, you know, uh, it's it's almost like a community effort to get through the tour because someone will have a failure. You'll see a line of cars. I've seen people with welders out on the side mm. of the road putting together, you know, uh, rear ends and, and, you know, cars coming apart and things like that. And then one time a guy in a, in a C10, drop C10, hit a deer. And thank God he was okay. The deer didn't make the tour. Oh, boy. But, uh, <laughs> but the whole front of this C10 was really destroyed. So... They it happened like two miles from this guy who had this. It was like a, a Saturday or a Sunday, and this guy who had a shop. He goes, "I've got a hood for that, and I've got a right fender. Why don't you come on down here?" And they went down. They got a hood and the fender. They put it back on in front of the Marriott Hotel that night. The guy didn't charge him a dime. He's like, "No, man, that's what it's all about. Have fun. Go. It's great to see you guys. Blah blah blah." And so so many stories you hear about that of just people helping people, and you know, yeah, totally. It's just and. In fact, in it's my nice. story, the 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 another guy on the power tour was a guy named Rod Euchner, and Rod was local to the St. Louis area, and he said, "Hey, if you can get the car to my house, I've got a garage and some friends." And he was friends with Kelly, and that's how we met. And uh, Rod and a lot of people on the tour um, jumped in to help us out. And it's funny today, you know, again that that was in. 2000, 99, 2000. So 20 years later, uh, Rod is our shop manager at VHB and Resto. So he was in the restaurant business at the time and uh, his career did its arc and he's like, I want to play with cars. So he, he now works for us. So that never would have happened without Power Tour. You know? 
yeah. It's got a great pedigree. And, and the wild thing is, you know, people say, how do I get my car in the magazine or how do I get recognized or how do well you know you go on something like this with the tour chances are you're standing or sitting or driving or hanging out at dinner or lunch or whatever with somebody who is actually involved with that or if you wanted to meet someone who's involved with one of the companies that you're working with chances are Mm -hmm. the designer or or somebody you know Chevrolet Performance who's the sponsor uh, they send out a special team and all these guys all have performance cars at home like they really, it's a unique team of oh, yeah. designers and builders and participants. So these guys, you want to know something about Chevrolet, walk right up. They know every single part number, bolt, issue, idea, because they're drivers too. They're they're fans. They're hot rodders, which is kind of cool, you know? So, so. tell us um, what it is that you do on Power Tour. Well, I'm your customer service representative. <laughs> no, it's like I uh, no, I work on the stage and uh, and basically every day we set off in the morning and uh, everybody leaves the hotels. And we all start driving, go through these towns. And that's the adventure because sometimes there's stops along the way. Uh, we've had stops at major build shops, major, you know, sightseeing places, things like that. But a lot of motorsports stuff. We got to go like last year. I think we we're at Hendricks Motorsports, which was just amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But we go from, you know, city to city. And then I go very early in the morning and I arrive when you get to the next destination. So generally people get to the next town by about noon to one. And all the there's a midway with all different vendors and things set up and a big parking area. And, uh, you know, like you'll be at a stadium or a racetrack or something like that. So it's a big area to park and people set up, you know, little get their coolers out and start socializing and stuff like that. But the cool thing is down right along the midway where all the, uh, all the vendors are and everything, we have a big stage and I sort of organize the stage there uh, with my friend Jeff and we tell jokes and give out information and uh, you know, talk to people who come up and a lot of people throughout the day will set up lounge chairs and stuff in front of the stage. Cause we'll give away a lot of stuff. We, we give, we give vendor stuff out. I mean, you know, we give every day we give away four Continental tires of your choice, which is kind of cool because wow, that, yeah. that's, yeah, it's a nice little bonus. Yeah, we've given yeah. away crate motors. We've given away, you know, we give away T-shirts, all different types of stuff because all the vendors get up there and they play games. We have fun and, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's kind of a winner in this situation. You know, it's it's a family-oriented event. And uh, so we just hang out on the stage and talk to people, take pictures and, and goof around, tell jokes and, and uh, make everybody feel at home. Because that's you know really what it's about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, then you so. gotta get get food, get some sleep, and get on the road early again to catch up with. I try, the stage but, but ahead. sometimes I love. I just love hanging out and talking to people. So we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the cool thing is, you know, it goes all day, and it's generally a nice sunny day, and and uh, you hang out, and then people hang out you know through the night you go around hotels certain hotels in certain places you'll find everybody's hanging out there and it's like a nighttime car show mm-hmm. everybody goes out there and hangs out and just shoots the breeze talks about their cars um you know there's been places allegedly said <laughs> i say allegedly because i had nothing to do with this but uh i think it was champagne illinois was very generous to us because uh they really appreciate it. Everybody has their head screwed on right. You know, it's a family event. It's not crazy people going nuts. But people who appreciate 
having fun. So, uh, you know, I think it was Champaign, Illinois. Everybody was being safe and they set up a little area on Main Street. You could go down there. People were doing burnouts and things like that. And they let it go to about one in the morning. And then, you know, they said, listen, we got to kind of wrap things up. But they were really nice about it. But in, in the same respect, I think all the participants are all really level-headed people and they had fun we were doing burnouts and cheering and taking pictures and stuff and find a lot of places are are work with that as long as people are being reasonable and and that's what i think there's sort of a you know just a community that sort of keeps it that way everybody likes to have fun and the cool thing is a couple years ago well when it started laid back who makes t-shirts laid back Mm -hmm. started out with two uh 1950s suburbans now, I didn't even know Suburban came had a 1950-something Suburban. It was a very cool-looking car. Yep. And, but, uh, and since then, I've seen people have come on the tour with these Suburbans with, you know, blown LS motors and just tubbed and tube, just crazy stuff. These were real deal stock and uh, with these little rinky-dink little motors in them, you know, all stock from 1950-something. They took them on the tour, and they kept breaking down and falling apart, and they were welding them. And everybody, all the participants, kept them going from city to city. And uh, that's cool. It's just, yeah, it's just cool. You know, you meet a lot of people, and nobody's better than the next guy. You know, there's not snooty people. I've never met snooty people on this event, which is why I like going back every year. You know. No, well, snooty people don't do stuff like that. They don't, you know, (laughs) they don't get in an old car and just drive across the country to be with other people. I've been in L.A. for a while. You can They are out there. They, they the, roam the, in the wild. <laughs> but, uh, there's, there's no doubt the snooty people are out there, but yeah. they don't really do you know a lot of the car stuff. It's kind of below a lot of them, you know, which is good. Yeah. That's right where I like to be, you know. Well, you'll, you'll find them at Pebble Beach, not the power tour. Yeah. Oh, boy, sure. Yeah, <laughs> you right, nailed right, that right. one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to uh, uh, power tour this year, now you already told us that the date got moved. Did they change any of the venues when they rescheduled for the fall? Um, there have been some added. Uh, some stayed. Uh, the dates were moved around a little bit. Like, I think we added, uh, I'm not sure we were in Davenport. We're going Champaign, Davenport, Chicagoland Speedway. I think that's a new one in Joliet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So some of, the, some of the places, we kick off in Norwalk and uh, then Hebron and then Indianapolis. We're at the fairgrounds and then uh, Madison, Illinois at Worldwide Tech Raceway. Right. So that's the uh, former gateway. I'm not sure. Yeah, right. And then yeah. Champaign and uh, down at the college and then Davenport, the fairgrounds and then Chicagoland. So all those places, we were super fortunate because what a lot of people don't realize is all the back end that has to happen to get this done with permits, insurance, mm-hmm. you know, getting waivers from all the all the cities and making sure the city that we're, we go to has enough hotels, has enough parking spaces is okay with us bringing 6,000 cars, loud, you know, mm-hmm, horse-powered mm-hmm. and some not horse-powered, but just people. And most people are really excited about that and some people a little overwhelmed. But the cool thing is when you drive from city to city, you'll pull into some of these towns and you'll see people who've set out these big picnic, picnic benches out in front of their houses and everybody's sitting out there watching all the cars go by. So it's like a big parade, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it is. And I know, you know, working there, I did, I think, 12, I think 14 tours total, 12 long Uh hauls. And that was back when they were doing East Coast and West Coast and and the whole thing. 
And I knew what it was like because I used to work with the events department and our friend Joe Sebergandio and, right. and those guys on uh, getting the word out. You know, I didn't do the pre-run, um, but the, you know, certain events guys and gals would do the pre-run and try to visit these towns and try to warn them, you know, about what was to come, which yeah. if, you, you, yeah. if you've never experienced this, you have no idea. So it was really cool. I think in 16, 2016, Power Tour actually came through Redbud, Illinois, where our shop is. Right. And, and it was because uh, the events team had used that route, Route 3, going through Southern Illinois as part of Drag mm-hmm. Week the year before. And they said, this is a nice little route. You know, we should take Power Tour through here. So as soon as I heard about this, um, I immediately cut some meetings with the local town officials and the state police and the county sheriff and the tourism boards. And, and uh, we had this presentation at the courthouse. And I said, guys, you, you're not ready for what's going to happen here. You know, yeah. five, six, seven thousand cars are going to come through and they're going to need everything. They're going to need lunch. They're going to need gas. They're going to need auto parts. They're going to need uh, groceries. You, you know, all these people are away from home. So, at first, there was a little bit of deaf ears. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, cool, a car show. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's, just a car show. Right, yeah, exactly. So the great thing is um, Randolph County, where our uh, uh, shop is, and, and uh, the city of Redbud really started to tune in. And it's a car town to start with, which is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a town, um, the next town over actually where I live in the town of Waterloo, Illinois, they didn't really embrace it that much. They, they looked at it more as an opportunity to um, need resources to manage. So they're like, oh, well, how many cop cars do we need to keep this intersection open? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And I was telling them, well, there's that. But really, you want to make your town available. And when Redbud, they rolled out the red carpet, man. And like you're saying, there's people out in the on the street, in the parkways with their tents and tables and cameras and and they just loved it uh and and the party went you know we opened our shop we basically shut down official work you know by about 10 in the morning and just had the doors open for anybody that needed anything because i had to try and pay back some of this power tour karma you know because so many people have helped kelly and i out over the years when our car broke in every state of the union <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, no, so for sure. Yeah, we had we had people come in. Um, one guy had a, a a neat fix. He had a '55 Chevy with a broken throttle cable, and on the side of the road, he fixed it with some weed whacker line. Nice, which I thought was pretty wow. smart. He had bright orange neon nylon. So Trevor grabbed that one and, and made him a new cable and everything, and and uh, we were doing tours and stuff and and it was fun because after the power tour was done and then you look at the coverage and you look at the web and you look at Facebook and all this stuff a lot of people really dug the town of Redbud and and yeah. many people said that that was one of their more favorite stops and it wasn't even a stop it was just a, it was a flyover it was a pass through city you know but uh, it was i was really happy that the town got on board with it and and welcomed it and uh, that was really cool well, I think, you know, fortunately, the timing, I think, is going to be great because one thing that the Power Tour does is put a lot of money into all these small towns and small mm-hmm. businesses and things like that. You know, when you're talking about Denny's and, and just a zillion people show up to eat, a zillion people everywhere in, in cars and gas and, and, and just all the expendables that, you, you know, you use when you have a zillion cars driving by your store. And yeah. uh, and I think the creative people, as you know, we're, we're rushed with this one. We, we had to get the dates changed and everything like that. But the good thing is, you know, 
I recognize a lot of these dates. We've been around these places and they're kind of hip to it. And a lot of the builders like yourself, a lot of the professional guys who've been on this before are hip to that. And just spreading that information is a good thing because you'll see local shops putting out a shingle saying, hey, drop by, say hi. You know, they get on Mm -hmm. Facebook and say, we're going to open up, have an open house. Mm -hmm. And that's invaluable because the one thing I can say about Power Tour people, they're very loyal. I've seen people come in and drive a, a blown coupe from Canada, from Mont- uh, not Montreal, from Toronto one time. This guy came by every year. He goes, what's different with my car? He pulls right up in front of where I'm standing. We're setting up the stage. And literally, he has an 871 blower and just like a, blah, 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 and a three-inch belt. It's just whining. He's my wife got me a blower. Look at this. Yeah. You know, woo. Yeah. And he was excited. He drove it. But he also bought that from um, BDS or somebody who was on the tour that year, the year mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, you guys, there's a real allegiance to people who are involved with the tour. And, uh, yeah. and it's neat. It's just it, people share and you get to meet people. And, and it's so exciting when you see those people and, and uh, from all different walks of life, too. That's the cool things. We've had special forces guys on there. We've had, uh, <laughs> we had one guy, he showed up. He was looking for a parking space. He had a Shelby GT. I mean, the sickest Shelby you've seen. And the guy looks like he's about 20-something. And he pulls up and goes, hey, man, you know where I can park this thing? (laughs) And I'm looking at him, and he looks like if you were to find a picture of a Special Forces guy, right? Yeah. There he is, right? You know, so he gets out. He looks like like Pat Tillman. Yeah. I pull him right over here. So he pulls over, and uh, I said, you can park right here. He's like, so, uh, what's your name? And he said my name. I said, so, um... How long are you, are you? Are you a contractor? And he looked at me. And was, How'd you know? What do you, What do you mean? I said, Well, you kind of look like, like right in the encyclopedia. You know, right in the encyclopedia. There it is. The beard. You You happen to be the most in shape guy. And like ten, like the guy looked like he jogged thirty miles to get there. But uh, and I've seen him there for four power tours in a row. Nice. And uh, yeah, he goes to he goes and works overseas, and uh, we stay in touch. He sends me uh, emails and stuff like that. He says, I can't tell you where I am, but I'll show you some of the cool stuff I'm doing. And he'll send me little clips. And, oh, you know, really? he's, oh, he's, out awesome. there, he's out there putting his best foot forward for us. And he comes back and um, then he buys a car and goes racing. And then he goes back and plays with insane guns. But yeah, uh, people life. from all walks of life, it's really cool. Well, this is exciting because it's in my backyard again this year at, at Madison, and then it's going to your backyard, Mikey. At, uh... Yeah, that's right. It'll be just about 10 miles away from my house at uh, Chicagoland Speedway, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, I, I set a goal for myself to have my GTO ready for the power tour, and uh, this little setback just gave me a little bit more time, so that kind of makes me happy. I should be ready to go. Maybe I can get uh, those upgrades to the Galaxy done by then, too. And yeah, man. And get Paul's car on the road and, and move the needle up an entire year. On How about headline. it? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we need that. Wow. So this is good cool. for all of us. Yeah, I know it's, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> and it is tremendous for the economy as well. And I remember a million years ago talking with the people at Summit Racing saying, you guys need to be running, you know, like in, in November, December issues. Uh, you need to start running power tour specials so that people are in the off season, they're in their garage, 
they, you know, they knew they did power tour last year, but it was miserable because they didn't have AC. So there should be a vintage air sale, you know, in the off season to right. get your car ready for the road. And, and right. we try to advertise that service now, you know, to our customers in our shop, because we've prepped a number of cars for power tour and it's a, it's a good shot in the arm, good deadline, you know, event and your car has to work. You mm-hmm. can't fake it, you know? That's right. Well, this is going to be the year. It's going to, I think everybody's going to want to get outside, hit the road, and just be with family out in the sunshine. And, uh, you know, that this, this Ohio to Illinois is going to be awesome because it's all these places I've been to, and they're great stops. You know, sometimes we sweep way south, and if you're going through a heat wave, you could literally melt. You could turn into a carbon. <laughs> you, can, you get out of the parking lot in southern Texas and turn into a carbon sample. And just like your dust. And uh, so it's like people are like eyes rolling back in their head. Yeah, it's a great time. Ah! Um, but this is an amazing group of dates. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. So it's yeah, going to be fun. It, you know, there's uh, another fun power to a trivia question there. It actually created its own illness, except it was an illness that, that only cars get. And we call it off-ramp sickness. Because as you're going across these hot states like you're talking about and you're, you know, supercharged 57 or whatever it is, your car will generally run pretty cool on the highway. But as soon as you get on the off ramp and you're waiting with all the rest of the cars, that's when the needle pegs and they all start puking their coolant and everything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're always, you know, advocating upgrades and cooling systems for people going on power tour to prevent the off ramp sickness. Yeah. Well, it's a great place to get those tips, too, when you're talking to people. And, and, you know, there's several sites you can find on Facebook that are talking, you know, people who go out in the Hot Rod Power Tour, and they're friendly people, and they give you little tips. But, the, you know, the best thing is, you know, bring some water, bring your family, bring a, a fun attitude, and whatever you want to bring is totally cool. You don't, you know, you don't need a zillion-dollar car. Yeah, yeah it, literally, it's the people and the spirit of people who love hot rods and cars. And if you're out there and you love it, you're perfect for the tour. Yeah, for right sure. On. Yeah, there's definitely nobody there that doesn't want to be there. So everyone you meet is going to be pretty agreeable. Yeah. No, for that's sure. A, definitely. That's a great way to put it because you don't put that yeah. much effort into something you don't want to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. So, uh, Clarence, uh, so what are you driving now? Uh, but- anything, <laughs> anything fun? <laughs> Nothing really exciting. I've got a. Uh, I've got a um, an FRS. I did a deal, a deal with Toyota where I was doing uh, Track Night USA, and uh, so I had a '86, a Toyota '86, which is a fun track car to do lead and follows stuff like that, and show people how to go around like Willow Springs and some of the tracks on the West Coast. Sitting in a garage, just begging me for an LS swap to have a real motor in it, because uh, nice. that little that little teeny 200 horsepower is fun, but if you put any boost in it, it, it cracks in half like a, a cookie. So, oh yeah, it's a fun <laughs> car to drive, but that's, you know, I'm looking now that I'm in Boston and I have time, I'm trying to find the guy I used to own my GTO because I would love my dream is to get that back. Orbit, Do you have you know, any uh, uh, any old VIN information on the car? No, I thought I did, but I don't. Um, my, my house burned down when I was a kid and that kind of took that up, took oh, a lot of man. things, which I forgot about. I was asking my dad about that. And uh, but I know the guy's sister he passed away. He sold it to somebody else. It, it's a bunch of misfortunate, misfortunate events. I sold it to this guy. He had bought a Chevelle, a 69 Chevelle SS from this guy. who was an insane builder, big drag racer at, uh, at uh, Epping in uh, New England Dragway. So 
I had blown up the motor of my GTO, and it was sitting in my yard. And the guy said he always loved my GTO. Well, he had bought this really insane Chevelle SS, the craziest car I'd ever driven on the street. And he said uh, he bought it, and he got a loan. His dad co-signed on the loan. The dad saw the car, drove in it once, and then chained it to a tree and put a for sale sign on it. So this is <laughs> this is literally. So he, his, it was the freakiest car in the world because at the time, you know, it it was made to look the way they set it up. It had big like ball joint spacers and springs, so the thing sat about a foot off the ground. It looked like a gasser, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Oh but gosh. all you could see is oil pan and engine and it was it was back in the day it was had one of those uh right off the shelf uh bnm you could get the whole transmission built for mm-hmm. reverse valve i mean just like every time you shifted it the thing was like Rah! you know it was all yeah. over the place it was at the time not knowing enough about setup and the parts weren't really read it readily available so you took ball joint ex- extenders and things like that so when you turn the corner the tires would like tip over it looked fierce but it really was only good for going down the track i had a bunch of crazy friends so i got this i got this car and then uh all my, you know i ended up going to school and i sold the engine then i sold the car separately and and uh so the chevelle went away and then the guy put a small block in the chevelle destroyed the car totaled it around a tree and broke it in half so that's gone. That definitely does not exist anymore. But the, I think the GTO is around somewhere. I think it's in New Hampshire. So I'm working well, on that because that would be my dream. My advice to you yeah. is to seek it out now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you can dig back through our episodes. I tell the story of tracking down my father's motorcycle. My dad bought a brand new 1983 Suzuki GS1100 GK back in 83. And I was a kid and we had fun with that bike and he sold it. And um I found it, <clears throat> I tracked it down and, uh, I basically missed it by like a month because Ooh. it disappeared and it was a several year process of tracking it down. And the way I, um, was able to get in tune with this thing is my mom actually found a, uh, a, re- a, a renewal, a registration renewal form in a box of my dad's old stuff. And it had the VIN and that was, you know, the, the start of it. But yeah. There was, you know, I think my dad sold that bike in 86 and I was tracking this thing down in 2014 or 15, you know, Mm. that many years had passed. But when it came to the end of the trail, it went cold and uh, it got scrapped and that was the end of it. So I think to myself, if I would have done that, you know, when I first had the idea to do that, you know, maybe a few months earlier, that thing would be in my garage right now. So time is always of the essence. So if, if you have any leads or whatever, I would say try and pursue them now. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that I was going, uh, I was working on up in uh, Acton, Massachusetts, where I think it, it is. And uh, then COVID came in and shut everything down. And now, uh, boy, I tell you, it's tough. It's tough. Well, out you here, got some, but, uh, some some good research time, some good uh, yeah, no, I've, time. Definitely working on that for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people like Mike Copeland found the car he uh, met his 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 wife in that Maverick he has that uh, has done really well. Uh, yeah. And he rest- he bought that. He found it off Craigslist and he bought it again. And uh, yeah, some yeah. great stories with that. I, I definitely want to relive it. It would be a lot of fun to have this back. And hopefully I'll get back into a, a fun car to drive. I, you know, I'm always working on power tour and I generally get to drive other people's car. You know, mm-hmm. like, because, like, you know, a lot of these guys will bring a bunch of cars out and say, here, here are the keys to this. I'm like, hey, I trust me. I don't trust the other guy. <laughs> you know? Right. But, yeah. uh, you know, but I, I get to drive a lot of cars, which is kind of fun. So, um, you know, 
it's neat driving. I drove the very first hot rod, the Nikki uh, Chevrolet hot. Um, it was a hot uh, Camaro SS, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we were all, all in a line. And I went off, and I was really super impressed because it wasn't a big Camaro fan, you know, the new body, because it was a little high for me. So we're in the middle of somewhere, and I I kind of heel toe, and I'm coming off, coming off the uh, the uh, off ramp of a highway, and we've been clipping along, and then the radio goes off. The guy behind me says, "You know that is." One of one Camaro <laughs> SS, right? I said, yeah, clear. Copy that. Copy that. So, you know, it's like you got to keep your head on straight, but it's a lot of fun. And that was, was a that, fast uh, car, too. Bright red that, one. Was that Stefano from uh, Nikki? Yeah, yeah. Steph- <laughs> That's Steph- one of one. Yeah. <laughs> he was, uh, he was, but they were all cool. They were like, drive it, drive the snot out of it and see how you like it. And they'd put some long tubes, did a really nice, uh, fast DFI, I think, and uh, cam and some, and that I was super surprised how straight that car was. It was yeah, really yeah. a great car. That's, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a blast. So I can't wait to see everybody on the, on the power tour this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially because we're in your backyard. So I'm definitely coming yeah, man. over. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so, know if Mike's going to relinquish the keys to his GTO yet, but uh, we'll see. We hey, as long as he takes us for a ride, I just oh, I want to sure. cruise. Yeah, I want to cruise. You know, so we'll have to do a little side uh, Portillo's excursion and uh, get some good beef, and that can happen all day long. <laughs> yeah, right Done. On. I'm putting it down right now. Yep, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. You know, who'd have thought, Mike? We we at at one point we would have the guest who was the uh, former producer for Rick D's. How about that? Oh my gosh, I was his filling host. Cue the disco yeah. duck. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, you know, he's he is one of the nicest guys. I was so blessed to work with him. Um, 124 countries he was in, and oh, 86 God. ships at sea. And uh, wow. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really cool. And you were filling host. I was his filling host and executive producer. So when he'd go to, he has a house in Danville, Kentucky, and one in L.A. His house in Danville is an estate. So when you go to the house, you have one of, you get a book. And he'd say, Kevin, so great to see you. Here's a book. And you pick a house you want to stay on because there's seven properties on this 2,600-acre ranch. Nice. And a wow. nine-hole golf course. So then, I, you know, I'm his executive. So we have a lot of big guests down for uh you know, for the horse race and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I, if you were coming <laughs> down, I'd say, Kevin, listen, let's go play nine, you know, in the course. So I'd say, go up there and, you know, the guy will give you a T-shirt or something, you know, because it's warm out and uh, you pick up some clubs up there. So you go up to the pro shop, you get there and you get a nice set of clubs. You're like, wow, right about the third tee, you look down and you notice that those clubs are, are engraved with your name in them. <laughs> Because oh Dees oh was like, what are we going to do with a, a dirty set of tailor-mades, man? Take them home, you know? <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a great host and a, and a really, really good guy. It's a great well, part of my life, yeah. There is a slight similarity, you know. When, when people come to visit me in our little estate here, <laughs> uh, we, we just tell them that you're, to in work. A, you're in a nine hole. <laughs> 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 we don't have nine oh, holes. Gosh. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Well, I, I'm just thrilled. I made it through. Of course, Yardley will have the uh, he'll have the details on this, which uh, I know will come out. And uh, Trevor yeah. will just be shaking his head, going, "Nah, nope." Well, yeah, it's, it's it. time to reveal the answers uh, to these okay. trivia questions because Here it can, comes. we can hear everybody. Uh, you know, they're they're all turning blue out there. So, the yeah. you, sigh of relief. You you go first, man. Okay, so in 1994, 
Gen 2 Chevy. Uh, you think of Camaros, Impalas, things like that. There were two sizes of this engine. A lot of people don't know. The size you were looking for, everybody knows one, but the other one is the 4.3 liter version that they made for taxis. Look at you. Look at so you. you. You had it. When you said taxis, you said police cars and taxis. The actual police cars used the other one. Uh, the 4.3 was just a motor that uh, that they made for taxis and a ton of taxis. But the 4.3 liter was the one to go with. So that was it. And I think Nicely it is done. around 260. Yeah. So I got Look at that. Right. Boom. Yeah. Uh, and and I knew that because uh, our friend Terry McGeehan, who's the uh, uh, executive editor at the Hemmings Publications and a former compadre at Hot Rod, had one of those taxis. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Well, I'm glad because now you can go home because Kelly would be looking at you going, really? Really? You didn't know that? You're Mr. Chevrolet. You're Mr. Camaro. And let you didn't me, know that. Uh, <laughs> let me clarify two things. One, yeah. um, outside of her trucks, I've never actually owned a Chevrolet. And number two, she doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) As long as it looks great and runs like hell, she's fine. Oh, she's great with the cars. She doesn't care if I get the trivia questions right or not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Mikey. Yes, sir. All right. So I asked you guys, um, the Pontiac Ram Air 4 V8 came in how many displacements and... uh, we, we sent it over to uh, Mr. Barnes first, and uh, after hemming and hawing a little bit, going back and forth between uh, one and one and two different displacements, he settled on one, and Kevin, you concurred, and congratulations, boys. That is absolutely Woo! right. Hey, one yeah, displacement right. of Ram Air right. 4 V8. Yeah. Holy smokes. Awesome. That's outstanding. Yeah. I tried Woo! to word it to trick you a little bit, but uh, I almost I almost got you hooked on that one, Clarence, but, uh, but you came through in the end, so good for you. Well, you, yep. you you did set that up kind of precariously, so yeah. well, well played. Well, you, you, you have to with you guys. But I'm dealing with a couple of industry giants here. I have to, I have to oh, do something. Man. Boulders among rocks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dust among nothing. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, so the question that I pitched to you guys, the first one was, uh, when was the first automotive FM radio released? And uh, Clarence said... Uh, Kind of hemmed and hawed, ended up on 1955, and Mikey landed on 1957. And the uh, correct answer for the FM radio in a car availability was 1952. Ooh. Oh, we had the right decade. Wow. Yeah, you had the yeah. right decade. And, and Clarence was getting close. He kept going down 55, 54, yeah. you know, kind of hanging yeah, out was- there. Yeah, I was just thinking of different radio hosts I knew and, you know, just, yeah, I knew yeah. it had to be in the 50s somewhere, but wow, 52, okay. And it was uh, from Blaupunkt, actually, uh, and Germany created the uh, the first car FM radio, and, and then it, it kind of blew up a little bit more the next year. Um in 53, when, when Becker came out with the Becker Mexico radio, which I think was in Porsche and Mercedes-Benz and on and on. Um the bonus question was what and where, or when and where, was the first commercial FM radio station? And uh, Clarence, Clarence went for the same year, 1955, uh-huh. uh, and he threw out WLS in Chicago. And Mikey said somewhere in Southern California, LA, in 1961. Yeah. And and Clarence actually diffused Mike's question because he pointed out that the FM station probably came before the FM radio. Yeah. 
Whereas Mikey right. said 61 for the yeah, station and 57 the for the... <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put the, uh, the broadcast oh, cart the before, before the horse, horse is what yeah. I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But the correct answer was on March 1st, 1941. Wow. W47NV became the first commercial FM radio station in Nashville, Tennessee. I'll be No darn. kidding. Yeah, and then it uh, it got clamped during World War II, and then it kind of came out after that again, and some others joined. So there you go. Right on. Nice, man. Yeah. Good questions so sorry, all around. So sorry about that. <laughs> Smoked me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> I know. This is... Uh, I, I can breathe now, though. I've, I've held my breath for about an hour, so <laughs> I was freaking out about this. Oh, boy. Well, you know, the trivia question thing, can it can put you on the spot. And especially, you know, Michael throw me certain muscle car questions every once in a while that I'll get wrong. I'll get completely wrong. And it's like, don't you do a show called Muscle Car of the Week? You're supposed <laughs> yeah, to kind of get right. this stuff right. But, uh, you know, I'm only, I'm only human and I'm aging. So there you go. <laughs> There's a lot there for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, this was uh, a lot of fun. Clarence, re- really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, great yes, to hear sir. Some of, the, some of the stories. And I know you're, you're such a busy guy doing all these different reports. In fact, today I caught you on the, uh, the Aftermarket Insider podcast doing the Clarence Barnes report. Uh, you is- know, I, I, anywhere, I'm, I'm just up for a party. <laughs> I'm like one of the, I go from car to car, just walking around. Hey, where are you going? Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm blessed. Uh, things are, it, it's fun to work in this business. I mean, you're, you're in the same boat where you're everywhere. Uh, we're, what, six, uh, boy, t- this year's ripping by. But before you know it, you're going to be on stage in Las Vegas and uh, so. at SEMA, which is yeah, going to be yeah, yeah. big. So it's going to be great. Yeah, so looking forward I can't to wait that. for that. But our mission was to kind of learn a little bit more about Clarence and not necessarily what the, the current gig of the week is. So thank you for sharing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mike, it's always a pleasure. Likewise, sir. Had a great time. Thank you for coming on, Clarence. This was great. Thank you, and, sir. I really appreciate it. And to Trevor, thank you for uh, being one of the cool parts of uh, Redbud, uh, Illinois. And uh, Yardley out there. Thanks. I made it. <laughs> sure enough. And Yardley, wait. So now we've got be two waiting situations. For the next word. Two situations, by the way, of, of guests providing Mike with trivia questions here. They're slipping them to him on the Facebook That's Messenger right. or something. And you know, <laughs> I've got to come up with this stuff on my own. So I don't know about that. Oh, gosh. But, uh, anyway, we appreciate it again. Uh, a lot of fun. Thanks for coming. And uh, I, you're, you're a pro at this. I think I do this wrong. I, I announce on the podcast where you can listen to the podcast which doesn't make sense to me but i feel obligated because if they heard it they already heard it they know where to get it right well you just to tell your friends um there are so many different places but of course you know where you get your podcast a lot of people get it on their their iphone or their android device or uh you know you said this the other day you could find it on iHeartRadio, which is true um which is the company i work for which is random because you pointed out the fact that there's an alarm you can get you can use the alarm feature on iHeartRadio to wake you up in the morning, which is kind of cool. Which I it do, is, which is great. That is so. cool. And uh, you're right, Mike. Proof that he actually listened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, he corroborated great. our information. Thank yeah. you, sir. Well, there you go. So, uh, like I said last time, wherever you find it easiest, just go find us. Uh, thankfully, we uh, we're carried in a bunch of different places. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this one. So, for Mr. Clarence Barnes and uh, Mr. Mike Hubal Clark. 
I'm Kevin Oste. Uh, you've been listening to V8 Radio, and try to keep the shiny side under 100. Catch you next time.